0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. First up
0: today, the application for
1: a Royal Pardon for Datuk Sri Najib Raza.
0: So this comes from last week. Um, on Friday, the 7th of April, the UMNO Supreme Council unanimously decided to apply for a royal pardon for, well, I don't think he needs an introduction, but former Prime Minister Dr. Sri Najib Razak. So UMNO Secretary General Ashraf Wajdi Dusuki said that the Supreme Council will also be seeking an audience with the King to present a memorandum asking for Najib to be pardoned. He added that uh, it was handed, this memo, uh, was handed to the top leadership by the 191 Amno division chiefs and uh, was also signed by the Supreme Council. So... One thing that's emerged that's quite interesting, of
1: course, is the fact that current Prime Minister, Dhatu Sri Anwar Ibrahim, will be on the pardons board uh, because of the fact that he is overseeing the Federal Territories Department. Now, the Constitution stipulates that the pardons board comprise the Attorney General, the Chief Minister, Omantri Basar, or the Federal Territories Minister, and no more than three members appointed by the King. The department was formerly the Federal Territories Ministry, but was restructured in December last year, and therefore it now comes under the PM's department. When asked about his position on the pardons board, Anwar said that there will be no conflict of interest um, and he said that the board will abide by the rules um, and though they are part of the process, the decision will ultimately be at the disp- uh, discretion of the Yang Di Pratuan Agong. Uh, he also didn't comment on the case and said that he hadn't seen
0: anything on it and therefore will not preclude anyone uh, from, it, uh, from this uh, issue. So, Today, we are going to be examining specifics about the, the royal pardon process, uh, what it all means, what this process is going to actually look like, um, and the role of the king, of course, in a royal pardon. But just to quickly add that we have covered this across the station today, in fact. Um, so in the morning, they spoke with Dr. Owe um about the specifics of why AMNO is championing this and, and what it means for them as a party. Uh, and then in the afternoon, uh, Kevin Tang, who's the Senior Research Officer at the Malaysian Studies Program at the ICS Yusof Ishak Institute, Discussed uh, Anwar versus corruption, the Najib and Amno dilemma. So, in case you want a sort of full, well-rounded picture of all the ways in which we're tackling this issue, those are some other episodes that you might care to listen to. So, we are talking about the fact
1: that uh, the Amno Supreme Council has applied for a royal pardon for Najib. Uh, how do you feel about this? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with. With constitutional lawyer, Datuk Malik Imtiaz Sarwar. So keep it here, BFM 89.9.
0: Baba from Malacca, BFM
1: 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.11. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we're talking about AMNO having applied for a royal pardon for Datuk Najib Razak. And we're asking you how you're feeling about this do weigh in, you can call 777 900 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 18 789 tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, joining us now to understand how the royal pardons process will work in this case is constitutional lawyer Datuk Male Imthias Sarwar. Male, good to have you with us.
2: Yeah, hi, I'm glad to be back.
1: So let's start with the basics. What is a royal pardon? What does it entail?
2: So a royal pardon uh, or uh, an application or petition for uh, clemency uh, is an application made to the ruler of a state or the agong. Um, The agong where it uh, concerns conviction in a court in the federal territories of Putrajaya, Labuan or um, KL. So in this case, it would be the agong. Uh, So essentially, once that petition is put in, the agong uh, will consider it. And make a determination of whether or not to allow for um, a free pardon or uh, a reduction of sentence uh, accordingly.
0: And why does such a mechanism exist?
2: Well, it mirrors what uh, there is in in the UK. So, I mean, and in other other jurisdictions as well. So, essentially, the uh, the, the head of the state, um, uh, usually the president or the monarch. Uh, has what is called a residual power or prerogative power to um, provide for pardons. Um, it's seen as a vestige of the um, ruler's rights from even before the establishment of the new state. No. So our constitution makes provision for it. Um, so it's been there since 57 for the um, uh, uh, where the Agong is concerned. And where the rulers are concerned, it would have pre existed independence.
1: How often are royal pardons typically granted and are they usually accompanied with um, an explanation or reasoning?
2: Okay, so um, I I can't really say with specificity how the the pardons board for the FT works, but uh, I sit on the Penang pardons board. And um, what happens is we meet every every so often during the year and we uh, consider um, applications that have been put in via the prison's authorities. So you'd have a petitioner, uh, a prisoner, um, who makes this application in accordance with the prison's regulations. And the first time you can do that is immediately upon conviction at the final level of appeal. Um, And then that is processed through the system and ultimately comes before the pardons board with uh, certain other documentation. Um, There would be reports from the prison authorities. Uh, There would be a medical report. Uh, There would also be an opinion from the attorney general. Um, and um, all of these things are then considered, together with um, a background of the case, a summary of the uh, decisions of the court. And then the, and then the, the application is, is considered, by and the advice is given, and it's ultimately the ruler who will make the determination.
0: So we have a WhatsApp from Sabrina, who says that the King should review all cases requiring royal pardons, not just Najib because he's well-known, uh, which leads me to ask, is anyone allowed to submit a request for a royal pardon?
2: Okay, so if you look at the regulations, it's actually under the Prisons Act. So there's the Prisons Regulations of 2000. Um, it is actually meant to be put in by the person who has been uh, imprisoned. So uh, sometimes it's done on behalf of that person by uh, family members. But more often than not, it's actually an application by the prisoner himself. So I understand that um, uh, Dr. Sri Najib had put in an, a petition for pardon in September of 2022 immediately after the conviction. Um, and I don't think that's been processed. So um, what would happen is that the pardons Board would now consider, or when it considers it appropriate, uh, consider uh, that petition. So strictly speaking, UMNO, uh I don't think can make that application on behalf of uh, Dr. Najib. What they can do is to state their support um, for that petition. And um, although I've never seen it happen, I don't think it's Completely out of the question for the pardon's board to to receive um, uh, useful information or supportive statements, as long as they are you know rationally stated. Um, And so that's how it works. It's actually by the prisoner.
1: Right. So. Just to sort of expand on that further, Deputy PM as well as AMNO President Atushri, uh, Dr. Ahmad Zaid Hamidi has said that AMNO uh, will adhere to all the legal procedures in making this appeal. So, yeah. what is going to be needed here? What are the steps they'll need to take?
2: Well, I, I don't think there's anything that is, uh, that's formally prescribed. So, um, I would think, and and of course, this is just my speculation, but I would think that they would submit some sort of document to the pardons board. Um, there is a secretariat for that purpose, and in that document, they will express their support for the petition and state their reasons for why it is that they support. And I would think that would then be uh, copies would then be circulated amongst the members of the pardon board, uh, who would then consider it and see whether it adds to um, anything, whether it's it adds further material for that uh, purpose of making that decision.
0: You, you've kind of um, alluded to this earlier, but can you walk us through the process of deliberation once an appeal yeah. for a royal pardon is submitted?
2: Okay, so it's actually a petition for pardon. Um, and uh, as I said, the, the documentation is prepared in the, in the way I, I described just now. Um, there will be no suggested outcomes on the documents that are given to the pardons board members. And ultimately, it would be for each pardons board member to uh, consider whether there is some sort of extenuating reason or exceptional circumstances to the granting of pardon. Um, And I I need to qualify that because ultimately it is for the ruler, or in this case, the Agong, to make that determination. And and the law as it applies in this country, at least at the moment, is that once the ruler makes a decision, that decision is not open to being challenged in court. Uh, It's a complete uh, discretion. Um, and that would extend even to the steps taken towards um, the um, uh, making of that uh, decision on the pardon petition. So for example, in when Anwar was pardoned, there was a challenge that went into court to say that the pardon was not valid, but ultimately that was knocked out and it was basically on the point that once the, once the ruler decides it's done, so um, to that extent, um, there's as I said, there's no material that tells you what you should or should not be deciding. It's ultimately what you think is appropriate. And you would start on the footing that the judgment of the court is valid and regular, and therefore that the conviction has been regularly obtained. Now, in my experience, I've not seen, and, and I, I'm not saying it's not possible in exceptional sort of situations, but I've not seen a case where the reason for pardons is that the court got it wrong. Um, that I don't think is, is an appropriate basis at all. So ultimately, the ruler would have to respect the fact that the decision has been made by the courts and then ask himself whether there's any specific or exceptional reason for why it is that this particular person should be given um, a, a pardon. Now, in arriving at that decision, one would think, because you know, obviously there's no set criteria, and as I said earlier, it's entirely up to the, 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 the Agong. But one would think that you would look at the matter objectively and then look at the at the number of times when pardons have actually been given, which is actually quite rare, uh, what the reasons were, um, and, and then ask yourself whether this fits into those sort of objective uh, criteria. So, for example, in some of the more obvious situations, you might have a health condition uh, with the prisoner having uh, spent quite a considerable amount of time in jail in prison already. Um, having reached a particular age, perhaps he's quite old or she's quite old, and and then he's he or she has got medical concerns, and then so the and then really it's ultimately a plea for mercy to let that person go out and spend time with the family and so on. So it's usually more things like that uh, than anything else. Um, uh, on the other kind of situation I've seen is where when Sultan Nazrin became the Sultan of Parak, he uh, invited um, uh, the Pardons board to recommend. Uh, pardons on the basis of his as a boon from the ruler, uh, but those are generally how it would look. It, it would be looked at. So, yeah, I, I hope that helps.
1: It does. Um, so we do actually have a uh, a voice note from a listener bringing mm. up uh, a, a particular point. So we'll play that first. This is from Tidj.
0: Mm. Hello, I think. Najib
2: Raza requesting a royal pardon at this moment, where he's only found guilty for
0: the SRC case. Uh, it's a bit premature. Because Wouldn't a royal pardon only pardon him for the SRC, but doesn't he still have other
2: court cases that are still ongoing that he's not found guilty yet? So he could be pardoned for SRC, but then found guilty for one MTP and back to jail he goes.
1: So Malik, if we could get you to comment on that.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. It's something that I myself have thought that, you know, given that there are the cases that are going on, um, one would have thought that at the end of the day, it would have to be some sort of omnibus uh, a petition to cover any and all convictions. And, and, um, and, and the comment is absolutely spot on, because there's nothing to stop the conviction in another charge resulting in imprisonment. And then that would result in another application for pardon, and it would never end. And so, I mean, as I said, I don't want to under, undermine the application of petition. I don't want to speculate, but I would have thought that that's something that the that the pardons authority, in this case, the Agong, would would take into consideration. And also the public interest considerations of whether or not it would, in this situation, be appropriate to grant the pardon and the kind of messaging that sends out. These are things that I could say would be objectively looked at. But as I said, it's ultimately up to the uh, um, Agong himself. And, and, and I guess I should say also that yes, I, in the ordinary course, the part of this board would advise um, or would give their views and those views are taken into consideration, although they don't bind um, uh, the or in, in, in the case of the states, the rulers or the governors. Uh, but in my experience those views are there for a purpose and they are considered um, uh, by the, by the authority.
0: On that note about the board, Prime Minister Datuk Anwar Ibrahim is a member of the Pardons Board by virtue of the FT ministry being consolidated under the PM's office. He has said there's no conflict of interest. What are your thoughts on this?
2: Well, I don't understand why people might think there's a conflict. Is it by reason of his being a a political party president or anything else? Because ultimately, the constitution does recognise the possibility of a minister, well, the minister of the Federal Territories and who's now uh in in effect the prime minister or whatever the case you'd have a politician sitting on the board um, and if the concern is about politics, then I would think that's safeguarded by the fact that you've got three independent members, you've got the Attorney General, you've got um um and and, and of course the king is not uh, limited in in his consideration. so I, I really can't understand why there would be a concern about a conflict of interest. So, I mean, at the state level, for example, the chief minister sits um, on the board as part of the deliberations and the ruler would as well. So I, I really can't see what the concern is.
1: Mm-hmm. Malik, would you uh, would you have a final message for us on this?
2: Uh, no, I think I think that's basically it. I think the point I'd like to make is uh, underscore is really it is up to the Agong, who I'm sure would take on board the views of the pardons board. have to act in a particular way um, according to the law and make the necessary recommendations. And um, one would think that the pardons authority would ultimately uh, consider matters in the public interest and, and objectively. I think that's all I'd like to say.
1: Malik, thanks for speaking with us today. Sure, you're welcome. That was constitutional lawyer Datok Male Imtia Sarwar weighing in on uh, the news that AMNO has applied for a royal pardon for Najib Raza. Let us know what do you make of this. You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, BFM 89.9.